Well, some of you are wondering, like, um, what, what, why is that guy up so early this morning? Aren't we going to sing a little bit more? Or maybe some of you are wondering, like, oh, man, am I late? And the answer is, no, we're just glad you're here. Um, we are going to sing some more. Um, it, it's the reality. We're in, we're in week four of this series called Kingdom Come, where we're, where we're saying um, and we're learning that that in the kingdom things happen differently, that, that God has kind of a, a backwards and upside down kingdom. So we're doing things just a little bit backwards today, and we're going to reserve some time at the end for some worship. And, and you, we, as we've been talking about this upside down backward kingdom of God, um, this morning we're here to just simply worship here. When, when, what we've been doing is we've been looking at this word when Jesus taught us to pray and um, Jesus taught us to pray, and he said this. I want you to say this with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And thanks for reading that, because this morning's going to, I'm just going to warn you, today's going to be highly participatory, okay? So for those of you who like to just sit, and well, you just kind of, everybody put your hands up a little and get warmed up, okay? Yeah, we're going to participate today, okay? Because that's... That's what this is all about. As I read my Bible, one of the things that I notice that's happening in heaven uh, all the time is that there is music. There is singing and lots, lots of it. So the kingdom, if we want the kingdom to come in the here and in the now, then there would be lots of music, right? And, and, and so, uh, I mean, does that excite you? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we all love music. We all, and you all have your favorite kinds of music. So just as we get going again, just to get you going and participate this morning, um, just by show or by response this morning, let's talk about which, which decade had, has the best music, all right? So like, is it, is it today's music? It, 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 no, 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 only cheer, for you, only cheer for yours. I know you think you all got the edge because all the, all the youth group is up at camp this week, but... Do you even know who Billy Eilish is, right? So, you right? Or Taylor Swift. Okay, how, how about like right around the, the, the 2000s, okay, the early 2000s? How, how many of you are like, that's my music? Anybody in here? <laughs> whoa, 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 no, only cheer for you or the one you like, okay? No dissing other people's music, okay? How about the 90s? How many of you are 90s, 90s folks? I, I know, I saw Sean Pritchett walk in, Smashing Pumpkins, right? Where's Sean? All right. That's right, man. So Nirvana, all that stuff, Chili Peppers, those kind of guys. I know some of you are like, Chili Peppers, I put that on my pizza, right? So um, how about the 80s? How about the 80s? Okay, yeah. You, you, you are my people. <laughs> okay, yes. I mean, we, we, in the 80s, we kind of had it all. We had the big hair bands, everything from Guns N' Roses to Boston, um, REO Speedwagon, Foreigner, the Eagles, right? And it's all the stuff on my phone and, 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 and things like that. So um, how about 70s? We got 70s? Okay. I'm impressed that you're awake. I'm impressed that you're awake from that, man. Some of you are just uh, realizing that we aren't in the 70s anymore. So, um, yeah, you know, we had the Zeppelin and Aerosmith, the Rolling Stones, all those. And then there was the Bee Gees. Oh, we got some fans. All right, all right. That, yeah. Um, and, and Casey in the Sunshine. How, how about, how about um, the 60s? Okay, we got some 60s fans. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, grew up, I grew up listening to, to Elvis and the Beatles, 
right? Because that's what my mom and dad like listen to all the time. Um, but then there, how, how many 50s? 50s fans? Yeah, we have some 50s fans in here. Okay, I mean, back to Buddy Holly, Everly Brothers, the Supremes, all that. I mean, there's some good, there's some good stuff, man. They, they, they turned the page for us, right, in the 50s to kind of launch us in, into a lot of new stuff. And some of you are bugged this morning that I didn't mention, you know, your band or your whatever. Um, and, and that's okay. It's, it, the reason is, is this. We're passionate. We're passionate about our music. I mean, I, when, when I go in my, in my truck, which, you know, I started out telling you that my truck is kind of like, that's my kingdom. It's a place where everything's like, I like it. And all the presets are to my music, right? And I'm passionate about it. If my kids get in there and they mess up with that, I'm like, hey, who messed with the music, right? And you start getting, we're passionate about music. And, and I mean, I didn't even get into genres. I mean, there's classical, right? There's jazz, R&B, rock, techno, country, rap, screamo, and then today, and then today because they can't come up with anything new, I'm just, yeah, um, there's fusions of all of it, right? So you got the, the rock, rap, fusion, function thing, I don't know even what they call it, but there's all these things that they're just kind of these crazy blends of everything. And now, we may not agree about which is best. But I think we can all agree that, that music is important to our lives, and music makes life better, doesn't it? I mean, could you imagine just having no music in life? Could you imagine going to a movie and watching a movie with no music in that, right? I mean, it, it's kind of like decaf coffee, right? <laughs> it's like, what good is that, right? I mean, it's like, so the, the reality is it's like, you know, music, music it, it impassions us. I think we'll all agree that music is a gift that God gave us. It gives us and it resonates deep down inside of us and it lets us all kinds of emotions and responses. Sometimes music makes us cry. Sometimes it makes us dance and tap our toes. Uh, sometimes it hypes us up and sometimes... It relaxes us. Music has the power to create memories and moments. I mean, I have when my wife calls me on, on, on my phone, right? I have this old REO Speedwagon song that we listened to while we were dating, and I always pick that one up, right? But there's all these responses, and maybe you remember that song that was, you know, that was your wedding dance song or all that, right? And, and, and it just has all of this power to, to really elicit emotion in us. But for most of us, Let's admit it, that, that when we think about music, music is about us a lot of times. Music's about what we like. Music is about what, what makes us feel good, what, what we want to listen to. But now then, it shouldn't surprise us that when we turn the page and we move into the upside down and backwards kingdom of God, that if the kingdom really does come, that one of the things we have to understand about this is in the kingdom of God, it is not about us, right? It got really quiet in the room, right? I mean, it's not about us. In Psalms, the, the book of songs, really, uh, in, in chapter 115, verse one, there's this great passage of scripture and it says this, it says, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Not to us, and that's huge because it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about 
you. It's all about God and it's all about his glory. And, and while the world is busy trying to build their own kingdoms, we're all trying to build our kingdoms, establish our own glory, really. We want ourselves lifted up. As citizens of the kingdom of God, we realize that all of the credit, all the accolades, all of the glory needs to go to our heavenly Father. And in the kingdom of God, including here in church, we have a word that we often use to describe this whole idea of ascribing worth and glory to something. That word is the word worship. And, and, and now, there's, there's nowhere that it's more important for us to understand and remember that it's not about us. It, it's it, because a not-to-us life is a life of worship. And that's really the end in kingdom. So we started with K, which was our king on a cross, and he is the one that we worship. And then um, last week we talked about um, being inclusive, that all are welcome. Okay, And now the N is not to us. It's not to us. It's not about us. It's about our king. It's about the one who we worship and deserves all of our worship and our praise. Now, so what really is worship at the core? The, the simplest definition of worship is this. It's to give or to ascribe something worth. You, you and I were created to do this. We do it all the time, and we do it almost without thinking about it. I mean, when, when you buy tickets to your favorite sporting event or concert or movie, you're saying, this thing is worth my time and my money, Right? That's kind of what you're saying. I mean, we, we do that in some crazy big ways. I mean, the cheapest ticket to a Taylor Swift concert at the Staples Center this last year was $200. I know some of you are looking shocked, but to some people that's like not a big deal, right? Why? Because they ascribe certain worth to that. The, the average NFL ticket to go to, the, to go to an NFL game, the average price is $151. That's a lot of worth right, to go and, and scream and yell for a couple hours, right? And when we go to the game and our team does well, the crowd erupts in jubilation, in triumph, in praise, or dare I say, worship for their team. Why? Because we're ascribing value and worth to something. And when, when we take time off of work, right, and we spend money to do things with our family, we're saying our family is got worth, right? And that we're willing to do those things because of the worth that they have. See, we are hardwired for worship and we do it all the time. We, do, we, we constantly are ascribing worth to different things. But the reality is we all know that God deserves all the glory. He deserves all the praise. He deserves all of our worship because he is worth all of it. Can I get an amen this morning? He's worth it all. So this morning, we're going to quickly cover three main points about worship. Why we worship, how we worship, and who we worship, just as a reminder. And then we structure our service so we can spend the remainder of the time at the end really responding in worship. So first I want to just talk briefly about why we worship. In Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 15, there's this great passage of scripture that says this, it says, the Son, okay, and who is that? Who's the Son? Yeah, Jesus Christ, okay? The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Now, catch, listen carefully to this. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, 
things that are visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. He is supreme. And because he is supreme, because he has supreme worth, he deserves all of our praise, all of our worship. That is why we worship him, because he is supreme. He is the creator. Now, it tells us there, it says that he, we were created by him. Okay, that we, He created us. Everything else was spoken into being. But when he made mankind, he formed us. He used his hands. He got involved. And then in order to bring us to life, the Bible tells us that God breathed into us the breath of life. And that breath, we've talked about this before, that breath of life, the breath was the, the Hebrew word ruah. Okay, everybody say ruah. Yeah, ruah, okay? Uh, and, and that word ruah, it really is the word for spirit. So what he did to bring us to life is he breathes his spirit into us to bring us to life. And, and, and that spirit inside of us is longing for connection and relationship with him. Okay, I mean, isn't the gift of life worthy of our worship? And he's the one that's given that to us. In Isaiah 43, verse 7, it says this, Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. I mean, we were not only created by him, we were created for him. Uh, here's where it kind of gets rubbed. We're glad that we were created by him. We're kind of like, yeah, good, I'm glad I was created. How many of you are glad you were created this morning, right? Yeah, it kind of goes without saying. But here's the thing. You weren't, we often think we were created for us, right? That God created us and that was, you know, we, we were just created for us, right? And that's why, and when we get this wrong, that's why we try to establish our own kingdom because we think we were created for us. The Bible tells us, that we were not created just for, we weren't created for us, we were created for him. Created by him and created for him. And, and in Isaiah 42, 8 it says, I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not yield my glory to another or my praise to idols. He won't let his praise go to anything else. Okay? We were created by him, we were created for him and for his glory. We are created to glorify and to worship God. That is what we are created for. And when we do it, when we do it correctly, we experience what life is truly meant to be. Now, we worship, real worship is the response to God. Worship is a response to God um, for who he is and all he's done. That is what worship is. And, and there is a myriad of ways that we worship. When we, um, for, for instance, this morning, you know, we, we, we have giving time uh, every Sunday at church. Um, and some of you give online and stuff, and that's, that's great. Um, when we give, when, when we say, hey, we're going to give back to God because we have been, he's been so good at providing for us. When we realize that he commands us to give and we are obedient to that, when we give in response to God and we recognize who he is, that he has asked us to do that and that he's provided for us, when we give it is an act of worship. 
right? Because it's a response to him. So it's an act of worship. When we use our time, our talents that God has given us to serve, to serve in the church, to serve those who are in need, that is worship because we're saying, hey, we recognize that God has given us these gifts. And when we recognize that God has given us these things and then we use them to respond to him, that is worship. And when, when I sit at the beach, when I, when I go climbing up in the mountains and I sit and I, and I look out and see all that God has created, right? And I, and I look at it and I go, man, look at what God has done. When, when, when inside, when I'm just like, when I'm just bursting to say, praise you, Father, because of all that you've done for all that you have created, that's worship. Because I'm responding to what God has done in my life. I'm responding to what he's created. And I'm responding to his greatness, his majesty. To the majesty of the one who created all things for his glory. And then I join in with that and I respond in worship. And it's not about us. Can we all agree on that, that it's not about us this morning? I hope so, because that, that is so important for us to understand, that it's not about us. We, we worship in response to who God is, and we were created for that. We're hardwired for it. Now, so that's why we worship, because he's worthy, because he is of supreme worth, and we recognize who he is and what he's done, and we respond to that, and that's worship. And, and, and so sometimes what we do here, we call worship. Okay? What, what most people define as worship, if you, go, if you talk to people and you, you say, what is worship? A lot of people are going to say, oh, that's when we get together here at church and, and we sing songs. Right? We, we even call them worship songs oftentimes or praise songs. And, and, and we get together and unfortunately, unfortunately, um, that becomes, we kind of pigeonhole worship into just that point. But there's so many other ways that we respond. But, but worship is a big thing. And when we come together corporately to worship, that is huge. Because it's one of the things that we get to do together. Now, you can worship God through song when you're by yourself. I mean, some of you probably, that's the place your, your radio is tuned into. And you're driving to work and you're singing and you're praising. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. Those are opportunities for us to worship. But... We come together to worship, and oftentimes that is with song. The Bible's filled with illustrations about that. But unfortunately, unfortunately in that, while we, can, we agree that all the worship goes to God, oftentimes it's in this place of corporate worship where we find ourselves at places of disagreement. In Psalms 102, the Bible says, Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. That's something that we're commanded to do. We're supposed to come to God in worship and in joyful song. Now, I realize, I know that some of you walk in here and you, you hear our music and you see some people with hands raised. Uh, some of you, you, you see you know, some guy in an aquarium playing the drums. Um, and, and you immediately, and immediately... You jump to all kinds of, uh, of conclusions and judgments about that, right? Now, maybe you're new to church, and you come in, you see people raising their hands and stuff. You, you might see people closing your eyes. You, you might look over, and somebody, somebody is crying while they're, they're singing. Um, maybe every once in a while, you even see somebody dancing or shouting, and, and you wonder, what is this all about? Like, why, why, why is this happening? Well, the short answer is this. It's a response. It's responding to who we believe God is. And one of, one of our key things that we want to create here 
is a place of response. It's the place where we can come and, and where it's safe to respond to what we know God is doing, to who he is and all that he's done. Now, there are others, okay, and you've been around church for a long time. Um, and maybe, maybe you come from, you know, years and years in church or traditional background. You come in and you look at the music and you say, well, man, I'm not so sure about that. It's too loud. Um, and maybe you think it's unreverent or something like that. Um, maybe you, um, you, you just don't like it. Maybe it's just too loud. The problem is this. The problem is that all too often we approach worship as consumers, And we believe that the music is about us, how we feel, what it does for us. If someone asks you, how is church today, some of the typical responses might be something like this. Um, We we talk about how it affected me. Well, you know, it was boring. That that was my response a lot when I was a kid, right? How was church today? Well, yeah, it was boring, right? Uh, uh, We survived it, right? I mean, for some people, you know, it was good. It was good. It, it, it made me feel good. We, they, did the, they did songs that I like, you know, and, and so I felt good. Um, for some people, it was awful. There, there was this guy up on the platform. He was really loud, right? I mean, I don't know where that could happen, but um, and they didn't do the songs that I liked or everything else. See, the problem is that when, that when we, that the focus The focus in many places is all about us, my needs, my preferences, my taste, my experience. And I become a consumer rather than a person consumed with the presence of God. And that's important because the Bible says when two or more are gathered together in his name, he is there. Do you believe that, church? See, when two or more are gathered, he is there. So it's not whether or not God is here. Okay, there, there's, there's this misnomer sometimes. It's like, you know, if we do it right, God will show up. No, when two or three are gathered together in his name, he is there. And what's he seeing? What's he seeing from you? You see, God, is not, God does not only show up when you feel like the music, the mood, and the experience are right. He is here, and his presence should cause us to respond to his supreme worth. No matter what else is going on, we should be responding to him. And preferences, we get that. There are preferences. But unfortunately, too many people allow their preferences to steal their attention away from the God that is here and who is just waiting for us to engage with him. Worship, at its best, is when I get my eyes off of me and I focus completely upon him. The Bible's filled with examples of worship. Uh, one book of the Bible um, that is really a book full of songs, the, the book of Psalms, is, is, it's an amazing instruction book. Um, if you come from a Jewish background, it's called the Psalter. It was a book that they used all the time to use to, the songs to praise God. And King David and some of Israel's worship leaders led God's people in praise on a continual basis. Now, Pastor Devin, in the last several weeks and stuff, he, I, he's been doing an amazing job teaching us that throughout the book of Psalms, there are these seven words for praise that teach us how to worship. They teach us how to respond, okay? 
And, and, and these are some things where if you've been around church for a long time, some of these you're going to go like, oh yeah. Some of you are going to go, oh, that's uncomfortable. But that's okay. The book of Psalms is here to teach us. And, and what I'm hoping more than anything for all of us this morning is that we might learn something new about how to respond, because that is worship. How to respond to God and then say, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow myself to engage with that. I'm going to allow myself to enter into maybe something new or try something new in worship because that's what keeps worship amazing and fresh. Now, so Pastor Devin's gone over several of these words. A couple of them, just by refresher, you might remember this word, halal, okay? Remember that? It was just a couple weeks ago, halal. And, and what, what word comes from Halal. Seriously? What word comes from halal? Well, you're on the right track, right? Because what did he say? I mean, it's to boast, to rave, to celebrate, to become outright foolish, okay? Um, so what is, what is the word that comes from this? Yeah, it, okay, it, it, hallelujah, right? <laughs> In Psalms 113, verses 1 through 3, it says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you servants. Praise his name. Why do he say it three times? Because I just had to do it three times to get you guys to respond, right? Let the name of the Lord be praised, both for now and forevermore, from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. The name of the Lord is to be praised. And everybody said, hallelujah. Okay, now, okay, good. Okay, you're getting it this morning. Now. Um, then we, we talked about another word, yada, okay, yada. And if you have your notes, you're going to want to take a few notes because each of these psalms, um, I didn't write the word in, but you're going to want to write in, because especially if you're in a life group, because you're going to go and talk about these this week. So yada, okay, is to revere with extended hands, okay? Everybody hold your hands up, right? Yeah, so that's just yada, that easy. I know some of you need to stretch this morning anyways, right? Yada, it's to extend your hands. Now, um, in, your, in your notes, it should be Psalms uh, 63, 4, not 1 or 11, whichever that was. It says, I will praise, I will yada you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. Okay? And, and what yada is all about, it's to revere, it's to say, oh, God, look at who you are. Right? It's like, here, here's what, here's a, a great, a great um, thinking about yada is, is when your little child comes running up to you. When my grandkids run in, what's the first thing they do? Papa, right? It's not that I'm so great. It's just that they know that they're loved. They know that I'm going to pick them up. They know that I just want to be with them, okay? When you recognize that about God, that he just loves you to death. Okay, and you just run to him and you like throw your hands up and just say, Father, pick me up. I, I just want to be in your embrace, Father. That is, that is yada. Okay, that is to, to, now, a couple other words. There's one called toda. Okay, so the word toda, um, it, it also means extending the hands, but this one's a little different. It's with thanksgiving, right? It's like, thank you, Father. Thank you. I mean, how many of you have something to be thankful about this week? Good. See, you're halfway there. You all put one hand up. Now try another, right? So um, it's like, yes, God, thank you. Thank you for that, right? It's like, God, you're amazing what you've done. When I look at all the way that God has provided, I'm just 
absolutely blown away. Absolutely blown away by what, what God has done. Uh, one of the great things about being a pastor is I get to hear stories all the time about God, how God has provided here and there and everything else. I mean, this last week was filled with that as we got to pray with some of our people like Nick Posadas who, who, man, some people made it possible for him to go have kind of a dream trip to Legoland before his long surgery, wondering will this kid ever be able to walk again? And I'm just thinking, God, through your people, you've provided in such amazing ways and you've taken such good care of people. And he just deserves our praise for that. And we get our bodies involved in this. And so it, has God done something great for you this week? And if so, then just acknowledge it by lifting your hands and saying, Father, thank you. Father, thank you. Another word uh, in Hebrew is this word, Shabbat. Okay? Yeah, you have fun with me here. Shabbat. If a little bit of spit doesn't come out, you did it wrong. Okay? Shabbat. Now, Shabbat, okay, is to sing loudly, to shout. Okay? It is a shout of triumph. Okay? Where do you experience this? Um, if you go to the Rams game and you're a Rams fan and they get a touchdown, okay, what do you do? Yeah! Right? And that was quiet. Right? I mean, if you've ever been to those games, man, you know when your team does well, when there is victory, when there is triumph, you cut loose, Right? They do a better job oftentimes of worshiping the rams than we do of worshiping God, which makes me crazy sometimes. Because is our God victorious? He's given us victory over death. He has taken our sin away. We, we live victorious lives because of him. And so what should we do? We should Shabbat. Right? It says in Psalms 47.1, clap your hands, all you nations, shout to God with cries of joy. I mean, what, what does a referee do during the touchdown? Boom! Right? They know what to do. We just need to know what to do and to do it. Clapping hands, shouting out loud. These are, these are postures of worship that we are invited into to participate. Now, there's another word, um, barak. Um, which means to kneel, to humble yourself in his presence, right? And, and this is just as important as all the others. It's to recognize who God is and who we are. And in his presence, we are humbled, and we come into his presence, and we kneel, we bow down before him. Uh, I mean, Psalms uh, 95, verse 6, it says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. We're supposed to bow and be, be reverent in his presence. And so, see, there's room for all of this expression. We, we, we can engage what's happening in so many different ways, but God wants us to do this holistically. Another word um, that I love is um, zemar, okay? Zemar, everyone say zemar. Yeah, zemar. Zemar is to make music. Right? It's, it, one of the, it's to pluck the strings. We see some string plucking going on up here, right? It is to pound the drum, okay? It's to make music, right? And, and I know some of you are like, oh man, I don't know about those drums or whatever, man. It, this, this is stuff, I mean, if you go read through the Bible, these people were, they were like, they were plucking those babies, right? They were like playing all kinds of stringed instruments and playing the drums. 
Now, in Psalms 57, verses 8 and 9, it says, Awake my soul. See, some of you need this every Sunday morning to awaken your soul, right? Awake my soul. Awake harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I mean, check that. I mean, like you're going to wake up the dawn with your music, right? I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among all the peoples. I mean, that we are just expressing this incredible thing through music. Now, one of my new um, favorite words in the Bible is this last word. It is the word um, tehillah, okay? Tehillah. Now, tehillah is kind of cool, and it means to be loud and spontaneous, to sing a new song, right? And, and so, and I know some of you get, yeah, get a little worried when, you know, I really love the new song we did this morning. I love, like, some of you are a little, I don't know about new songs, but you know what? This is biblical, okay? It's like to loudly proclaim, to be spontaneous, and to sing a new song. Now, I think it's interesting that, that the word tahila sounds like what word? I didn't say it. Okay? You all did, Right? Yeah, it sounds like tequila, which makes Psalms 34.1 very interesting because it says, I will extol the Lord at all times. His tequila will always be on my lips. <laughs> so the reality is, is this. It, it is a way of expression, okay? And, and, and all of these, you can see, I think, how these words how these words should be uh, for worship are, are highly experiential and highly engaging, okay? They engage every part of who we are. They engage us at our core. They engage us at our hands. They engage us at our feet. They engage us as we approach the Lord and we give to him, we respond to him with everything that we have. And so often, we only give God little pieces of us. And he's saying, I want it all. That was one of my favorite things. When, when my kids were little, we had a joke with our daughter, uh, Brianne. And she would come in in the morning, have no idea where she got this. And she'd look at me, and I'd look at her, and she'd go, you want a piece of me? <laughs> right? And I would just laugh, and I would say, no, I want the whole thing. Right? And so we would, you know, chase her around the house and stuff. It was just fun. Right? God, God does not want a piece of you. God does not want you to have a little place where you worship. God doesn't want you to have just like a designated. Now, now it's not bad to have a place where you go and you meet him and things like that. Don't get me wrong. But God does not want compartmentalized worship from us. God wants it from our whole being, from all that we have. He wants all of us. He wants the whole thing. And we just sang that this morning. We want it all. We want this incredible experience with God because that's what life to the fullest is really all about. And, and this worship thing, it's a response and it's highly engaged and experiential. I could never understand when I was a kid how we could sing all four stanzas of Stand Up for Stand Up for Jesus while we were sitting down. <laughs> it just never made sense to me. The Psalms remind us that God wants us to engage in worship holistically. Okay, and, and he wants you to respond to him. Okay, and, and so as you come in here, our, our goal is that you encounter God, that you see him for who he is, that from his word and from the music, from different things, from the people around you, that you, that you get a glimpse of who God is, and then you throw yourself into that. 
that you open yourself up to him. And I get it. We, we oftentimes are so guarded. But we pray that this is a place where there is freedom to express our response to God. So why do we do the music we do? Uh, our goal every Sunday morning is that each person would encounter God, to recognize his presence and to respond to him and to engage with him. Now, I know that some people, you know, worry. I mean, we, we've had lots of conversations about the volume, okay? I just want to say a real quick thing about the volume. We, we have the music at the volume that it is so that you can shabach and talah, okay? It's so that you can sing loudly, right, and engage and not worry about distracting the person standing next to you. How many of you believe you could easily distract the person next to you? Yeah. How many of you believe that the person next to you might distract you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why, okay? There is actually a reason for that. It's not just like, oh, do what, you know. No, it's, that's the reason for it. It's so that we can engage together. And, and, and listen, our, our teams have done a great deal of research. Man, you have no idea behind the scenes all the research that went into doing all the press on stuff, which we are so blessed by and so thankful to you as a church family for participating in that. And there's so much research that's gone into that and so many professional people um, that have come in to help us and to do things. And all this research that, that gets done, it, it, it's so that we can be careful in certain areas. I mean, we want you to know our, our, our team is careful to make sure that the volume, it never crosses a level that will be physically harmful. Now, I, I'm not telling you that it's always going to be comfortable, okay? Uh, but, it, but it won't be harmful. And, and, and that, that's something that, that, that we are concerned about. Okay, and, and so, but it's there so that we don't have distractions, so that we can sing out the way that the Bible tells us to. We can respond out. When we read the Psalms and we understand the level of engagement that God is after, we realize that there should be energy in the room. And that encourages us, okay, and that, and that tells us that we, we need to keep a, a level of energy so that people do engage. Now, here's the thing. If you, I get it. I, get, I totally get this. If you don't like it loud, um, then, then here's, here's one thing I, I, I will let you know. Um, according to what I read in Scripture, you should bring your earplugs to heaven. It is going to be loud there. Okay? Go, go read Revelation and, and just recognize that that is, that is true. I mean, it is the sound of mighty rushing waters. How many of you ever stood next to Niagara Falls? How many of you ever been at the bottom of that baby? There's some power in that. How many of you have been in the Midwest in the middle of a mighty thunder and lightning storm? Yeah, peals of thunder, lightning and thunder is, is one way that is described what happens in heaven when the worship of God is happening. Okay, that, that's going to happen there. See, and, and, and let me tell you, I, I just, I, I just want to say, our praise and our tech teams, they work hard. Okay. These guys are in here all the time just diligently working. They, they practice hard okay, to do what they do to help us be in a place where we can encounter God, to help bring us that place and to lead us. And I, for one, I believe they deserve our thanks for all the work that they put into that. And I get it. Sometimes we don't like it a certain way, and sometimes, you know, and sometimes people wait outside or do whatever. One thing that you have to understand is absolutely this that the praise team is, they're not my warm up band by any stretch of the imagination. 
okay? Um, and, and, I, and it's a mistake to miss what we're doing corporately. I understand that some of you in the room, the music is not what you prefer. It's not your preferred volume. It's not your preferred style. And, and that, you know, and, and if that's you and you're here today worshiping with us, I, I simply want to say this. Thank you. Thanks, thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for all those things. Uh, we hope that you're encouraged that our heart's desire is not to offend people, but rather to create a place where we can engage, where people can respond in worship, and a place where a whole new generation of worshipers, our children, our grandchildren, will be excited to come and encounter God and to respond to him as God calls them to himself. And that I hope we can all agree upon. Because if we don't, if we don't agree upon that, then the church will cease to exist. And I've already made lots of promises to the Lord that that won't happen on my watch. Because we have children and grandchildren, and it's not going to be easier for them to follow the Lord. And we need to, in as many ways as possible, invite them in and say, hey, we want you to latch onto this. We want you to respond to the God of the universe. And we want to create a place for you to come and respond to him, engage with him, to learn from him, and to take it to the world. So lastly, here's the thing. Who, who do we worship? Because this is at the core. Okay, It is not to us. It is not about us. So who do we worship? Well, Ephesians 5.19 says, Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. It's to the Lord. It's always to him. Remember, it's not to us. It's not about us. It's, not, it's to the Lord. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says this. Therefore, God exalted him, that is Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Barak. And every, in heaven and on earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That is worship. It is at the name of Jesus that we bow our knee, that we proclaim with our mouths that he is Lord, that he is God. In Revelation chapter 19, verses 6 or 7 says this, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude like the roar of rushing waters and like the loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. Church, are you ready for that? Is that your heart's desire? See, because our worship is a response to who he is and what he's done. We're going to do things just a little bit different as we, as we kind of move towards the end of our service, but we're not done by far yet. You see, our worship is a response to who God is and all that he's done. And the greatest determining factor of how you will be able to engage in and worship God when we come together is the time that you have spent with him throughout the week. How you have seen him work in your life during the week. If you haven't been engaged with God during the week, you will come here with a consumer mentality. 
hoping to get something out of church. But if you have spent time getting to know him, spending time with the God of all creation and recognizing him for who he is and recognizing all that he's done for you, then you will come in these doors ready to engage, ready to worship, and you'll do that with your whole being. And so the question this morning is, are you ready for that? Now, I realize some of us go through lots of stuff during the week. And we need to come and we get, need to get lifted up. And we pray that through the word and through the music that you get that. But this morning, we, we want to give you time to engage. Communion is, gonna be, is available. We do this every week because we remember what Jesus has done for us and we respond to that. And so there's several tables around over on the sides and up front here in the corners. When, when you are ready to respond to him, then, then go ahead, feel free to come up and take communion. Um, and, and, and then let's together recognize the sacrifice Jesus has made for us, all that he's done. And then let's worship him, not in the way that we say, oh, this is comfortable for me. Worship in a way that he wants to be worshiped. Worship him in a way that the, the word tells us to worship. During the time of praise, respond to what we've learned. I mean, this week, has God provided? Then, then lift up hands. I mean, toda. okay? If God has forgiven you or if you need forgiveness this morning, Maybe you need to get on your knees right here. Maybe the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit has comforted or convicted you, you just need to approach him this morning. You need to shout, kneel, sing, dance, respond with your entire being to who God is because he holds nothing back from us and he wants us to respond. And so we invite you this morning. See him. See him for who he is. And respond to him with everything that you have. And don't hold back. Don't hold back. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the breath in our lungs. And we pray that that breath will be returned back to you with praise. We pray, Father, that Lord God, that you would, you would heal us. And that when we do, we would recognize that we would give you praise and the honor that you deserve. God, to you be all the glory. To you be the honor. To you be the praise forever and ever, Father. Help us to rehearse here and now what we will do forever. And that is to give you the praise that you deserve. Lord God, we love you. We praise you. And we praise you with all that we are. And all God's people said, amen. Then why don't you stand and worship with us?